Hello and welcome back to Our Generation On Air. My name is Alex Bullimore and I'm delighted to say that once again I am joined by Daniel Lambert and Micah Chudley. Guys, welcome back. Hello. How are you doing, guys? All good. So, uh, since the last time we've chatted, we've played Coventry. The transfer window has shut and consequently a lot of players have gone off onto the international break. So, where exactly does that leave us? Firstly, we'll start with Coventry. Another win, a fantastic way to round off this first little part of the season. What were everyone's sort of general thoughts go after this uh, final game? Um, it was a good win. Um, it was a to be honest, it was a tight. It was a it was a weird game. I mean, first half they dominated obviously and then um it all looked a bit bit down and out but after that it thankfully got a bit better and we um, managed to secure the win yeah uh Micah what, what did you think of performance um yeah just echoing what Dan said really it was a really weird one um first half we just weren't at the races at all that seems to be a bit of a common theme this season but um credit to Warbs again the subs changed the game I think um Dykes coming on completely changed the, just the complexity of the game massively. I think, I mean, it was within 60 seconds, wasn't it? That he yeah. scored. So, uh, so you know, can't ask for uh, more of an instant impact than that. So, um, yeah, it's just, you know, it seems to be a bit of a running theme at the moment this season, which is a poor second half. And then, you know, some um, some uh, clever substitutions, I would say, and then the game sort of turns on its head. So I don't know what everybody thinks about that. Yeah, I think you hit the nail straight on the head there with, with Dykes coming on. I thought as soon as we came, he came on, we had a focal point. Whereas Austin was doing, I'd say, okay. Dykes, as soon as he was there, I think it was Moses down the right, put a ball into the box. just And we, we won a corner from it. Maybe it was the corner that we scored from eventually. But, um, the, the, you know, there was an option there which wasn't there before. Um, and whilst we weren't necessarily playing badly, I would definitely say that Coventry were probably the better team in the first half, like Dan said. Um, I was very impressed with, and it's not exactly a surprise because he's performed really well so far, but their striker, Goyokes, I think that's how you say it. I thought he looked like a really good player in the first half. Him and... Um, uh, the, the other striker, I've forgotten his name, or what's it? Wagon. There we go. They both linked up really well in the first half and caused us a lot of problems. And we were probably, I would say, they were probably a little bit lucky to get away with not conceding. Guys, I don't know what you'd think. Like, first half, were we just a bit too sluggish? Um, no, yeah, I just wanted to add on the striker point. I thought we couldn't deal with them splitting wide. A lot of the time, Wagon, well, either of them were split wide, right or left, and then them, them areas the where we overload the wide areas with the wing backs, they found a lot of space um in that areas. I mean, I really like Gustavo Hamer. I don't know if you guys you guys agreed. I think technically he looks really good. I don't think I've seen a game where he's really been under par. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know a lot about Coventry, but when I was watching him, I was thinking, oh, do you know what? He's a he's a decent player. It's a decent team, to be fair. Coventry I think everybody kind of looked at them because they struggled a bit last year I think everybody kind of looked at them as oh you know nothing special but it's a good little side they've got down there yeah um 
as we already mentioned, Dykes probably was the game changer for us and it sort of drove us on. But who else was sort of had a standout performance for you guys? I thought Senny was back to his best again. He was fantastic. I would have probably been really generous and given him like 10 out of 10, but he made some really good saves when we were up against it. Senny was good. I thought um, Senny's gone a little bit under the radar this season because he's been a little bit, you know, not at his usual standard. I think at Hull he was great. And then he uh, gave the ball away for obviously that famous Rob Dickey clearance. Um, bit of an obvious one to go for the goal scorer, but I thought all game Barbe was excellent. I thought I'm one of Barbe's biggest critics. I often just don't trust him. I always feel like there's a mistake coming with him. But you know, obviously the the classic we've moved back to a back three. We've moved to a back three and stuff. But you know, he just looks like a completely different player. Like he just, I don't. Maybe it's the back three, maybe it's coaching. But it just looks like a completely different player. I'm not as nervous watching him. And Saturday was just kind of like the epitome of that. Just brilliant, colossal, great with the ball. I'm not sure what the pass completion stats were, whatever, but I don't remember him misplacing a pass. And obviously, God knows what he was doing up there for um, for the goal. Seems a bit of a running theme. That might be one for Dan to look at how far forward our centre-backs seem to get. Um, but yeah, Barbe for me was just brilliant, brilliant on Saturday. Great performance. I mean, I can't add anything on the uh, the centre backs at the minute, but um, I'm going to go a bit left forward, and I think I think Ilias Chair was quite impressive to me. Anyway, I thought particularly in the first half when we were under the cosh a little bit, um, Austin's movement was quite underrated. I thought to create the space for Chair to run down into the channels. I mean, we had to go direct in the first half. And normally it's Willock that um, is making them runs. But I thought Chair trying to stretch the, uh, the commentary defence was quite um, influential in the end. Yeah. So actually, whilst you've touched on him there, Charlie Austin didn't get his goal, get a goal this week. But it's sort of been an up and down performance for him so far. What do we think of him in that game? You mentioned that he's sort of created space. I thought he looked... Maybe this is a bit harsh, but me and my dad were talking about it during the game and we thought he kind of looked getting to that point where he might just be slightly over the hill. Not like wanting to write him off at all because, you know, he showed last season what he can do. But just thinking, you know, that gap over the over the summer, um, you know, is it is it all catching up with him a little bit? I think just to come to his defence a little bit, I see what a lot of people have been saying in terms of, um, you know, in terms of like his all-round play isn't always the best and stuff. And he's looking a bit leggy. A couple of people have said he's overweight. Um, what I will say is um, we come off a very, very intense season of football, unprecedented season of football, really, in terms of we're playing twice a week, three times a week, pretty much every week. Um, not a lot of recovery time and obviously quite a quick turnaround over the summer. Um, I think Gray coming in will be good for him because not only is that going to give him a bit of competition, it also means we're not sort of relying on him every single week. It feels like, you know, if Dykes doesn't score, we're hoping Austin scores. And if Austin doesn't score, we're hoping Dykes scores. Now, I know we're going to get on to Andre Gray in a bit, I'm sure. Now we've got that added third dynamic, which gives that bit of competition and also relieves a little bit of pressure at the same time. Um I'm not worried about him just yet, um, but I can see why people have concerns, definitely. 
I mean, I agree. I agree with Micah, especially when if he scores, I don't really care at the end of the day. I mean, he's he's there to put the ball in the back of there, and that's why he's well, he did that against Barnsley at least anyway. But I was watching a few of the games back recently, and I've I've been noticing he's drifting quite wide left a lot of the time. And now I don't mind that in striker in the sense that if you can help with the build up or I don't know, contribute towards the to the to the play. But I mean we don't have an a central um a central focal point if he's drifting wide left all the time. Yeah, you got Willock, Chair, who all like to drift wide as well. I mean, if it's effective, fine, but I don't think a lot of the time it is effective. So I'm wondering if he just stays central and acts as some sort of focal point in the box, at least. Yeah, I think that's kind of what I'm getting at a little bit because, like I said, when Dykes came on, there was that focal point straight away and it maybe Austin did create some space for Dykes to move into, but Dykes played his game very simply. He got into the sort of penalty spot sort of area and get drawed in challenges from their centre-backs and conceded the corner and stuff like that. So, um, actually, just touch on that. Micah, do you think the international break is going to help Austin and a few other players get back, not to full fitness, just sort of like a, a week of not playing much football, bit of training, just being able to sort of wind down a little bit? Yeah, I think it will help. Um, I think this was a particularly uh, hectic August schedule. I know Warbs had his um, thoughts about it and a couple of other managers have said. Um, so I think it'll be nice for the players to have that two weeks, a little bit more training. Um, squad seems very cohesive as it is. It seems very together. They seem, you know, like they have good chemistry. Um, but it'll be nice to get that little bit of extra training time without a break. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, you know, I think it's, I think international breaks come at a good time for us. I think we were kind of at the point where I don't want to say teams were starting to figure us out, but I think teams were sort of finding ways to play against us that we were struggling with. So a little bit of extra time on the training ground, work on a few things, not just help Austin, it'll help the whole team, I think. Love um sorry, according to my sorry Alex, according to my brother, uh Dumble and Barbarian Greece. So I mean they're probably enjoying the sun and sunbathing. But I mean Dumble, wow. I mean we've got no uh we've got no other CDM really so he needs to get all the rest he can. Yeah. <laughs> he's in Greece. I didn't know that. How did you know that? Uh, my brother told me apparently it's on social media or something something like that. Oh, okay. Did you say uh, Barbe was also Oh there? one one of them was in both of them were away but I don't know who, yeah. which one was in Greece but anyway I wish funny. I was there right now. <laughs> I've got written down here in my notes referring to his goal at the weekend, Barbe in strange places. So him being away on holiday, definitely like that's strange to me. Like, but we've already mentioned it, I think, briefly, but you know, his overall performance was very impressive. And you know, the other two centre backs have taken a lot of credit so far, specifically Rob Dickey. But Barbe had a fantastic game at the weekend and he got a goal. He really deserved the goal for the original shot, which came out of nowhere. And he just decided that he's going to stay up there for some reason. And the reason was because he can sniff out a goal. I mean, it, it, how happy did he look afterwards? It was great, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, the if the first one had gone in, there's no goal of the season competition to be had. Just crown him there and then. I was I was literally on the edge of my seat. I was screaming. I thought it was in. Um, so I'm happy. I'm happy that he got the follow up. Um, is it's not his first goal for us, is it? 
No, he actually scored against Coventry away last year. I think he's and Black Oh, of course, yeah. and Sky. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I, that that that's the first one I remember. Um, yeah, happy for him. Devil happy for him. He yeah. sort of epitomizes the improvement we've had over the past nine months. So yeah, definitely very happy for him. Yeah, I can really I mean, understand where you come from with the sort of nervousness around him as well. I kind of like not so much anymore, but like previously, I've definitely been really worried when he gets on the ball because he kind of, you know, the one that sticks in my mind is the own goal against Barnsley. He just has that sort of mistake in him. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Dan, what you were going to mention something? Um, I was just going to say credit to Austin because he reacted ahead of um, Dominic Hyam to to get the second ball. So I mean. We've been a lot alert to second balls recently since the Millwall game. So, yeah, credit to him. Yeah, and just finally, before we move on from uh, the weekend's 2-0 win, I thought Moses in the second half, Moses Alabajo played a lot better. First half, I wasn't quite sure about him. And he had a very good first game for us against Man United, scored that fantastic goal. Since then, what, you know, maybe hasn't reached that, sort of level of performance but I thought in the second half against Coventry he was fantastic what, what did you guys think? Um, uh, I mean I didn't watch him closely I think he's it's interesting with Moses because I think he's he's really quick I mean Warb said he was I think it was the quickest player in our squad when he signed or I mean he's very athletic for a for a right back that we've had in in a, a fair while but I'm I'm interested. I mean, I think his pace could be better used as recovery rather than than attacking um, to get one on one. Because I don't think he likes to. I don't see him confidently taking anyone on. He likes to invert on his left foot, strangely, which kind of loses our width. So I don't I don't know what any of you lot think. Now I've noticed that as well, actually, Dan. He he's not really. Um... In a weird way, he's not really like a byline wing back, is he? He he does like to go in on his left, which I mean is is a strength, I suppose. Um, we saw that against United, and that's not something that I think um, teams really expect. But um, yes, yeah, an odd one. It's an odd one. He's very quick, um, very very quick, and I think he used to be a winger, didn't he, at Leighton Orient? I don't know if I'm right in thinking that. I know Brentford, um, I think, under Warburton. Brent, yeah. Oh, Brentford was, I think, yeah, okay. Um, so, so it's a strange, it's a strange one. I think he's slowly getting there, definitely. I think um, you know, the pace of the friendly is probably suited someone with that kind of athletic ability. It probably does help you stand out a little bit more. Once you get to the actual intensity of league games, it's a little bit of a different story. So um I think, you know, people have been a little bit disappointed because of how, like, great he was, especially against United. We, I think people got to remember, I think he played, is it 18 games last season? or Something something like that. I know it was, like, in the teens. It's going to take time for him, I think, to sort of get there. But like you said, Alex, on Saturday, much, much improved from definitely the middles of a performance. Um, so, yeah, I'm not too worried about him as of yet. Yeah. Okay, so um, moving on from Coventry, we've just, Transform has just slammed shut, as they say. Um, and it's been a pretty good one so far, or in total for QPR. So I'll just give you the full sort of rundown of who we've signed and who we've let go. So very quickly, uh, incomings, Field, Device, Austin, Dazel, Archer, Dunn, McCallum on loan, Johansson, Moses, and then 
uh, Andre Gray on loan as well. And then outgoings, we've had Nico, Martison, Batash, Shadipo, Kelman, Banzel, McNulty and Bon all go out on loan. Uh, Lumley, Kane, Carroll, Smith, sorry, Sam, Kelly and Ote have all left permanently. Um, that's a fantastic window, isn't it, for us? And surely that's been our best in like 10 years or something. I don't know. I can't really remember a transfer window that's gone so well. What was the total fees we spent? I've seen a couple of figures around 2.93. 2.93. Um, the, the net spend was 2.63. And obviously, adding with the SA second installment of 7 mil, technically we've profited from around 5 mil. So it's not it's not been a bad bad window at all, really. Not a bad window is I mean what Connor Washington was almost that much money, wasn't he? So, <laughs> so you know, things have definitely changed, haven't they? Yeah, it just seems yeah. like you know the leaps and bounds that we've come on sign someone like I think the thing that's got me is that we were on the receiving end, the better end of a of the Johansson deal. Usually we are the side that is getting screwed over like that. You know, we saw that last year with Bright and Manning, and I'm sure we've seen it previously before, but like to get to do what to get that out of our local rivals for pennies and of the pretty much the best midfielder in the championship, like consistently, what he does. Um that is absolutely fantastic. I mean who who do we think was the best signing from that? You know. Oh, you're putting us on the spot here, aren't you? That's a big um, question. Oh, that's, t- that's a tough one. Um, I think I'm going to say device. I yeah. think yeah. our defence has been, particularly when we're in a back four, we had Barbe and Dickey. And we were always saying that we were lacking that aggressive centre-half that could maybe get us out of games or keep it tight or whatever. And I think... Him in that back three, alongside them two ball-playing centre-backs, has probably been a game-changer for our defence, more than anything. So I'm going to say device. I'm cheating because I'm looking through the... uh, (laughs) I'm looking through all the transfers again. I'm not going to pick one of the lone players because they're kind of January signings in a sense. I'm not going to pick them. I'm going to go left field. I'm going to be a bit of a hipster. I'm going to say, just from what I've seen of him so far, I really, really like Jimmy Dunn. I really like him. He, I think, good age as well. We've managed to get him for free. Um, I can't believe there were no other um, championship clubs looking at a 23-year-old centre-back with Premier League experience. I can't believe it. Mm. Really great deal. And, you know, I, I think he's the perfect sort of fill-in or competition for Deris, to be honest with you. He's kind of a similar player to him. Um, and he's, like, good enough with his feet for championship level. So I'm going to say Jimmy Dunn. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you make a good point there. And looking at the squad with those four centre-backs, it certainly feels a lot stronger there. The, the thing is with Dunn is that I would... It's not necessarily a worry because it's actually probably a nice problem to have. He's going to want to be playing in that first team at some point. Um, yeah. We know that Device has been, you know, weak with injuries and stuff like that. But I think, is it true that Barbe's contract r- runs out at the end of this year? Yeah, yeah, he's got less than twelve months on his deal. I don't, and I was looking, and there wasn't a 
there wasn't an extra year on his deal. I don't think like um the normal Lee Hughes contracts. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what, what we're going to do there, but I hope we'd, we'd renew him. I imagine that at I some imagine. point we'll be looking to renew that. But if we don't, you've got a you've got to imagine we've got a ready-made centre back right there to come yeah. in. He's definitely championship level. Hopefully next season we'll be saying is he Premier League level? Um, <laughs> Connor Masterson. Can I, can I just? Well. Oh, God, God, yeah, sorry, Masterson Michael. as well. Uh, right. I said Connor Masterson as well yeah. to come back from loan. So I mean, he's looked decent when he has played for us in some pretty difficult times. You know, uh, Dan, yeah. what were you going to say? Sorry, I was just going to say. I mean, you listed through all the incomings, and I had, I I jotted down the positions of of each of the players, and we've got obviously one goalkeeper, but it's Archer. It's a it's a backup. But it, we got we brought in three centre mids, two centre backs, and two strikers. Now, in recent years, our spine of our side hasn't been the well. Usually, the spine of the side is the consistency within within results and within your side. And bringing in what two two experienced strikers and Andre Gray and Charlie Austin. You've got your Hanson, Dazelle, and um, Field, and you've got Jimmy Dunn and Device. I mean that that spine of the team is pretty good in itself. For just reeling it off the off the tip of my tongue, but um, no, that could be the difference to um, to our chances this year, improving that that spine of the side. Okay, so he's already been mentioned a few times. Dan just mentioned him there. The last piece of the puzzle is Andre Gray. He's our second Jamaican international behind Dylan Barnes, which, yeah, Mike is very happy with that, I imagine. <laughs> so <laughs> um, what's Gray going to bring? What is he a good sign-in? What do we think? I mean, I like it. Um, I, I think since pre-season, I've been quite vocal about we need that different type of striker to ease the burden off our off our two target men, if you like. Um, I'm a bit, I'm a bit doubtful in in the sense of the personnel rather than the profile, because I mean he he played last year and he only had 14 starts, so consistency was an issue, um, of which he scored about five goals, which isn't too bad to be fair. Um, his minutes to his minute goals to minute ratio is actually really impressive to be fair, even with the um, sub appearances. But my issue is I think he can only play off a front two rather than a, a lone striker purely off the basis that he's, he's not he, his ball retention is quite poor, a bit like Austin playing as a lone striker. He doesn't have that um, upper body strength of say I know they're different positions, but say a Chris Willock where he can he can kind of use his body correctly to to shield the ball. So that's that'll be. That would be my only issue. We'd have to play him in a front two. So what would that, whether that would impact on, uh, say, Chair Willock or the formation we play? But no, I mean it's a positive signing in the in the profile sense anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, um, <clears throat> I, I would say I think in the front two. I think Burnley played in the front two when he had that great season. So I think probably at this stage in his career as well, it's probably better to have him in a two. I'm sure that's probably the plan as well. We've played with a two a lot of times. Um, one thing I will add, other everybody, everybody's been saying about the pace thing, it's pretty blindingly obvious that we needed a strike of a bit of pace. But one thing I will add as well is that I really quite like, at the moment, if you look around our squad, so much promotion experience. Austin's been promoted a couple of times. Johansson's been promoted. Adoma got promoted with Villa, I believe. I can't remember if he was still around. Um, I think it might have been Villa and Borough as well. Did he get promoted while he was there as well? I don't even know, but that's, I mean, yeah. that's double. What, what are you suggesting, Michael? 
<laughs> Listen, I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying any. I'm not saying we're gonna go up, but I am saying there's, there's, we've got experienced heads now, guys that you know they know the league. They know how to get promoted. Even Jimmy Dunn, I think he got he get promoted. I know it was a bit lower down, but did he get promoted with Fleetwood or somebody? I can't remember. Uh, I'm trying to think now. Was it Accrington? He was on loan at Accrington, I think. Accrington, it might have been. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of his loan spells. I mean, if you just look around the squad. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot of promotion experience alongside some very exciting young players. It's, it's the right blend, as they as uh, Warburton used to say, when he first came in. So, and obviously you add Andre Gray to that, been promoted twice. So what you're saying is, my next question was going to be: Do we have enough to make a serious challenge at something successful come the end of the season, like with the squad that we've put together? And I think you kind of have answered that. But I know Dan, if you wanted to say anything there, no, I mean, yeah, I know what Mike is saying. We need that experience. I mean, well, from when we, I think it was Jeff Cameron left, and I'm trying to think who else left with the experience. I mean, Tom Carroll had some experience in our squad. So we did lose some some experience within um, the side. We, we lost we... Todd Kane. He knows the game inside out. Oh yeah, of course, of course. Of course. <laughs> He's twenty seven. Um, he knows everything. Yeah, uh, he can play CDM as well. Apparently, he's a um, midfielder. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, we brought in Austin. I mean, yeah, Andre Gray. I mean, Micah, Micah listed it all off. So I, I do agree with what Micah's saying, but we can't obviously get ahead of ourselves within with six, five, six games. Off Again, the quick. Quick one for everybody, though. Have Do we think, I don't really want this to be used back on me at the end of the season, but I'm going to say it anyway. Have we even got out of third gear yet? Like, I don't think I've, some of the games we played last season, you see, I don't think. This, this is what I've, I, I, I totally agree. I've seen it online. I mean, we've been in second, third gear, whatever, but we've got a fine first gear. It's all good saying, can we be, uh, are we only winning in second gear? But right now we haven't even shown first gear. And especially in the first half of this half of games, we've been so so slow that we've got mm. we've got to find it from somewhere. I think what will help a little bit is getting Sam Field back because I think Sam Field has has got a lot of the qualities Don Ball has. I think maybe you could probably argue Don Ball's a better tackler, but um, Sam Field's a bit more comfortable on the ball. Sort of helps us in possession a little bit more, gives us a little bit of that added dynamic in midfield. So. I think, obviously, he's not going to be back for another couple of months. But I think once we get him back, I think we'll start to see a little bit more of the QPR at the end of last season, I think. Well, I hope, anyway. Well, that was one of the things I was going to ask is, would you have made any other signings um, apart from the ones that we made? Uh, I was kind of maybe going to suggest another midfielder, but do you reckon with Amos coming back, we've got more than enough? Yeah, I mean, if I was, if I was to be picky, I'd probably probably take a short-term loan or uh, uh, another CDM just to ease the burden on Don Ball. But like you said, with Amos, hopefully he doesn't get um, integrated too quickly. Obviously, that'll be the only issue, but Phil will come in at the end of the well, the new year anyway. So I think we're we're okay, but we're just a bit lighter, short, short to medium term. Mm. I, don't, I just don't want to be put in a position like, I mean, we're coping okay right now, but it's only been five games or whatever, where we've got the you've got Amos and Field, two injury-prone players. If they're having to do a lot of work, I don't think Amos is going to play as much as he did last time round um, for us. But I don't want us to be relying on two players like this and then consequently I'm putting everything in on, you know, Don Ball's play, basically. Um, I don't know. Micah, would you say anything else? Like, 
No, I've again, I know the short term thing, we are looking a bit light. I think maybe the only area where, you know, and I'm being picky here because it's been an almost perfect window. But situations like Barnsley, where we went to a 4 2 3 1, um, if I'm being picky, I would say maybe like a loan for a winger just in case. But, you know, that's just nitpicking, really, to be honest. I think it's been as good a transfer window as I can remember as a QPR fan. So, okay. So, uh, moving on now to what I'm going to call a bit of a half time report. We've reached the first international break of the season. Um, and now, unfortunately, Micah has had to disappear. So it's just me and Dan talking about this. Uh, so, Dan, so far, who has been the best player? The most, who's performed quite consistently so far this season? Um, well, obviously, it's hard to put a, put a like name specifically one because of how we've been playing in the first five games. But I'd probably say, I think, if I was to list a few, it'd probably be Willock, Dumble, and I'd say Senny Dien. Purely off the basis that, I mean, well, Willock, he's been one of our most creative players all this season. Um, his ball carrying has been pretty impressive and quite um, quite good to watch as well. Um, for Ball, I think he's probably the underrated cog in our midfield system. And I think fans are starting to, starting to realise that without a defensive pinpoint, in the double pivot that um, not everything works so smoothly. Uh, and Dieng, um, he's well, he saved us in some of the games. I think we, we spoke about earlier in the uh, pod about Coventry. I think he made some pretty impressive saves to keep us at nil-nil by half time. So, yeah, I think those three. Yeah. Um, obviously, you've also got, I mean, D- Dickie's been a bit of a sort of headline grabber so far with his performances and his goals. Device has been very good as well, and Johansson's gone about his business. Um, yeah, I think you you're probably spot on there with who's been standout so far. I mean, I, I love watching Chair and Willock and Unison together, so it, I don't really think I can sort of separate them. We really missed Chair earlier on in the season, didn't we? When he w- wasn't playing um, due to COVID and uh, pre-season friendlies, I think, it, or, or whenever it was, it, we did whenever we didn't play without with him um, Willock looked like a less influential player but having said that Willock is still obviously a very good player um, any surprises for you so far this season who's probably been overperforming um, ooh, probably on the Badgers the nearest one to surprising me I mean I knew what you were going to kind of get with him the pace bit of um, competent on both feet but I just think he surprised me in the sense that personally I didn't he wasn't my first choice right back to come in the club to start with so I was a little bit hesitant of him coming on a free with injury injury problems but obviously we had the um the kind of the cushion of Warburton knowing him from Brentford so I think he surprised me a little bit in the sense that um you know, his pace for one he's probably our quickest player and um he's been he's been a pretty consistent player I wouldn't say he's been levels above what I thought he'd be, but he's probably just been a consistent player who I thought wouldn't be have that consistency, if that makes sense. Yeah. I didn't think uh, he started particularly well, but I, I wouldn't have really guessed, like you guys said earlier, that he was a winger. I wouldn't have guessed that at all, seeing his mm. performances. 
Um, yeah, he um he he, ret- he retrained from a winger, so he's a Brent- so he's at Leighton Orient, like Micah said. And then when he went to Brentford, he was winger, but I think Warburton retrained him as a a wing back slash fullback. So okay. it's quite interesting. So it's been quite a while since he's made that change. So like it's clear, like he's not yeah. quite, you know, because he he doesn't quite beat a man sort of one on one like straight down the wing, does he? Like he kind of like you said, he likes no. to come inside, and it's kind yeah. of a bit. I thought at the weekend against Coventry, it was a bit quite readable and it has been quite readable on a few occasions, but you know, he, he, he keeps at it. I think that's the, the positive to take from him that he doesn't, he certainly doesn't give up. Um, and it, that's what you need because wingbacks can be a pretty thankless position considering that you, you're one player doing two roles really. Um, you know, you mentioned him in your sort of like, who's been a standout so far, but I would have actually said Don Ball was a bit of a surprise not necessarily just for me, but I think, like you said, other fans are starting to realise how good he is for us and how just that calming, calming presence in the midfield. Um, sometimes, you know, he has his ideas above his station and we love that. But you saw it against Barnsley, how crucial he was when he came on at just sort of shutting up shop a little bit and creating and stopping them from creating so much. And I'm sure... Um, you know, he Dazelle won't be happy with his performance, but Ball was fantastic there. So I'd definitely say Don Ball, and I'd probably agree with you of Moses as well. Um, I'd say the only thing surprising about Device is that he stayed fit for five games. He's, <laughs> I think it's been mentioned before, like how how has someone like Hull, who's in, been in League One, how have they missed him out and just not not played him? Because uh, it seems baffling to me. Because there's nothing I've seen so far that shows that he's not championship quality at the least. I don't, I don't know what you think about that, but I find it really weird that they never sort of trusted him. Yeah, I mean, um, well, when they, the relegate, during the relegation season, when they dramatically capsized from the playoff places to to bottom of the, the championship, um, McCann came out in an interview and he said um, that Device is arguably one of the best centre-backs he's, or he's managed and that he could go could go further than the championship it's just injuries being his his main hindrance I mean if he can stay fit then that's that's brilliant but I think with the injuries he's had in the past I don't think that's ever going to be a, a I don't think he's ever going to stay fit fully for the rest of his career unfortunately yeah okay so um now we'll look at who needs to improve from uh the squad looking at a player in particular I know there would be one player that a few other people would be quite quick to jump on, but I'm I'm certainly not going to mention him. Who do you think needs to improve, Dan? Oh, I don't know. It's it's a it's a hard one. I mean, I wouldn't say improve, but for me, I've been a bit I'm a bit picky on how Dazelle's used, if that makes sense. So in the sense that he's been well, he's been played in a double pivot, and I think against Barnsley it was with Johansson, and I th- I prefer much either as a Maybe use him as a ten or definitely as an eight, but I don't. I don't see him as a six. So maybe improve, improvement could be Warburton's use of Dazelle. But I, it's, I mean, it's hard to. I mean, you could say Austin, but that's kind of a, an obvious one. He's not really gonna. He's not really gonna improve at the age of thirty-one. So it's a bit. I, I don't know. It's it's hard to to put a name on one specifically. But um, no, I I think maybe Warburton's use of Dazelle. Yeah, I certainly agree there and I think one thing that he's got to look at his game he can't just sort of 
I don't know, you've sort of said quite a few times, both on here, in our group chat, whatever, that he is not a defensive midfielder. He's not got that in his game right now. But he can't, for my liking, just settle and just assume that he's never going to be used in that defensive role, especially with the fact that we've mentioned Field and Amos are injured quite often. Johansson is obviously going to be playing the role that he would rather play. So his defensive capabilities of, you know, surely they have got to improve, let alone, you know, Walton would like to play him in his preferred position, yes. But if he's not, he's got to be a bit more versatile in a smaller squad, surely. I think so. But while watching him, um, he lacks a bit of, I don't know, I don't know if it's athleticism, but the way he, the way he runs isn't, He's isn't one of the most agile players. He's quite he's quite skinny. He's quite he's quite tall. Well, not tall, but he's tall for maybe perhaps his his build. So I think he's I think he lacks a bit in athleticism generally anyway to be a defensive midfielder. But when when looking back at the in preseason particularly, his defensive awareness and screening was just all over the place. And whether Warburton can tweak that, I don't I don't know. But I mean, I think it's quite a I think it's a very raw aspect of his game personally. Okay, yeah. Um, so finally, in this little sort of piece, we're going to talk about where the squad overall needs to improve. I mean, I would certainly say that us the first sort of 10, 15 minutes, especially against Coventry, you know, Barnsley as well, we could have been not blown away, but we could have been up against it against Coventry if they'd put their chances away. Slow starts for me definitely is what needs to improve. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, no, I'd... Um... I'd agree. I, I just I find it bizarre how it's a kind of a continuous thing. Well, it's only been five five games, but how that can can happen for so long. Especially, I think it was the Barnsley game. Austin came up post um, post match and said that um, he couldn't quite repeat what Mar Warburton said at half time to them when they clearly had to he kicked them into kick, kick them into gear if you like. So I don't know why it took them forty five minutes and to be kicked into gear when really it should be from the off. So I don't know whether it's team talks or I don't know really but it's just it's just a strange thing to to have and it's also it's also puts more pressure on the team having to to come back constantly we've done it we've done it so often recently and we talk about our character our spirit being so high but there become there comes a point where team teams will snuff us out and we've got to we've, we've got to start quicker to to get goals and on the score sheet quicker yeah absolutely I mean if we don't I mean we've got Fulham coming up in October that's the real that is going to be a sort of acid test if we're still up there around that time that is going to be a, a time where we're sort of um, that, that is a massive challenge for us I know we've got West Brom coming up quite soon as well but Fulham especially they are really good at starting the game on hot form and we've got to, we can't be growing into the game but one I guess is it a positive that once we do grow into the game we look fantastic and we do play really well. Just, yeah, I think we could do that from the first minute. Maybe I'm being picky, I don't know. But if we could do it from the first minute, it'd just be really nice. Like... Yeah, no, it, it, it would be nice. And obviously, it's, it's great having a great spirit, great te- um, team character. But I mean, if, if, we, if we start scoring one, two early goals, like say Barnsley did, we could blow teams away. And that, what, what a sight that would be. So I mean, yeah, it w- it would be good, but obviously coming back from two 0 down, uh, two 0 down against Middlesbrough or whatever it was, and then 
two two nil down against Barnsley is a is a great uh great thing to have. Okay, yeah. So any anything else to sort of cover on how, how we can improve as a squad? Um, the only the only one thing would be probably the quality of chance creation, and that kind of kind of inter interlinks with our xG over performance recently. It's been a well, I mean after the uh, Coventry game when there'd been quite a bit of a, a debate on Twitter at least anyway, and it's not it's not a bad thing. It, we've we've overperformed slightly some some games dramatically. Um, it just shows we're clinical with our chances. We take them, which is. I love being clinical. It's it's a it's a good trade to have, um, but it is it is a concern too at the end of the day because we can be creating volume of chances, but if the quality isn't there, then we're not going to score a lot of goals. And I think particularly if, if I've I've looked back and Mill, we only had one shot in the in the box all game, and that was the device flick on in the ninety third minute. Now we we got a point in the end. It was a good point, but. One one shot in the box in in the last minute isn't exactly um, something to be proud of. Um, Middlesbrough was an own was an own goal and two two goals from uh, the eighteen yard box from tight angles. I think Dykes was quite fortunate to score his if Lumley had a bit it was of a, a mess Lumley up special him. basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, they're not obviously we're scoring them great, but these these goals aren't going to be going in nine times out of ten all the time. So perhaps our our chance creation, our build up, needs to needs to be something that we can improve on. But also, I think that comes with Andre Gray. We've been quite one dimensional in um in the sense that our strikers back to goal, opposition can have quite a settled high line, and we don't really penetrate the the last line off the ball. So I think with Andre Gray, that gives gives teams a bit of a, a another danger to look at. So we're not we're not quite looking at the same thing time and time again. Yeah. Absolutely spot on. Um, well, that is the end of the podcast for this week. I'd say thank you to Dan for joining us and thank you to Micah. Unfortunately, he's not here right now, but it's been fantastic and it, the time has flown by yet again. Um, so this is, we'll be back next week uh, to stave off more international break boredom, hopefully. And all I'm just going to leave you is the fact that we are third in the table with 11 points. And at this point last season, after six games, let's say, we were 17th with one win on the board and three draws. So if that isn't an improvement, I don't know what is. Thanks for joining us, guys, and hope to see you again soon.